Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is October 11th, 2021, and in the States, it's Columbus Day. But in Canada, it is Thanksgiving, everyone. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the North. I almost sound a little Game of Thrones there, talking about the North, the West, the East. Heck, winter is coming. But before we get to winter, let's talk about our two special guests today. We have Kim Chacal, the Director of Sales and Marketing at Equifruit, the only banana you should buy, and Mimo Franzoni, Senior Director of Produce, Floral, and Merchandising Services over at Longo's Supermarket. Mimo has had an extensive background in the produce industry as well as at Retail Presence, starting as a Manager in Produce and now the Senior Director of Produce at Longo's. We've got a jam-packed episode talking with Kim and Nemo about Equifruit and bringing on fair trade bananas to Longo's supermarkets. Equifruit's breakthrough marketing techniques and Longo's innovative ingenuity in the produce industry is clearly showing the relationship between these two. Quick announcement before we get started, October 13th, 2021 at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, we have our virtual networking hour sponsored by Equifruit. That's right, everyone. We're going to learn more about fair trade bananas. Heck, fair trade in general. So come join this hour and learn more about Equifruit, the only banana you should buy. Huge shout out to our sponsors, Ag Tools, Flavor Wave Fresh, Noble Citrus, Buck Naked Onions, Hawaii Produce, Equifruit, John Green Logistics, Indianapolis Fruit Company, and Arctic Apples. Hey, Kim, welcome back to the show. Super glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Of course, it's always great to have a sponsor on the line, and it's always great to obviously eat those fair trade bananas everyone i'm just dying like i keep telling everybody and you've seen on my youtube channel i wait for those to hit the states kim because I, i'm every time i go somewhere it's just i'm going are these fair trade i'm checking the label kim it's always great to have a sponsor on the line especially a new sponsor it's been fun working with you getting to know claudia the banana everyone and uh you know just bringing a new light of bananas to the industry. So obviously, thank you so much, Kim. It's a, it's a pleasure. And we're really excited that you're getting excited about the only banana you should buy with <laughs> fruit bananas. Um, yeah, you're, you're getting us connected to the U.S. market before we even send one banana there which should be there. We're hoping in the next six months, we've been working on it, uh, but definitely working with the produce industry podcast has been a great help, great networking opportunity as well. Yeah. It's about relationships, right? And obviously the podcast that we are hosting today is really cool. Um, obviously you heard in the introduction, we've got Longos on the line today, and this is what's so crazy. It's about relationships because without Kim, without the Equifruit team, who knows if I would have ever gotten a hold of Longos, maybe would have called them and said, hey, let's do a podcast. They would have pressed the slide delete button on me a couple of times before they really, you know, I really got through to them to get on. So um, that's why I think so cool about the produce and supply chain industry. It is about relationships, everyone. It's about connectivity and it's about an emotional touch, right? This is produce. This is food that is going inside of our body. So Kim, again, it's just a pleasure to be able to work with someone like you, but let's kick this off. Who, who do we have on the line? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this back to you. For sure. So Patrick, you asked me if we could do this episode with one of our retail partners and I didn't have to 
think very long. I knew that Mimo Franzoni, who is the senior director of produce and floral at Longo's Brothers Market, which is a medium-sized chain in Ontario, Canada, would be the perfect fit. Um, Mimo has really been instrumental in the growth of our brand. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes, but uh, I'm going to pass it over to him. So let's bring Mimo onto the line. Thanks, Kim and Patrick. Uh, super excited to be here. Couldn't have chose a better partner to be on the line with. So thank you again and looking forward to the podcast. Appreciate it, Mimo. And it's great to have you on the line from Canada, right? We've got two Canadians on the line today. And that's what I love about this. We don't have to travel at this point to connect everyone. And again, I talk a lot about relationships. So Nemo, it's like, again, you heard me in the beginning while you were in the green room. It's like, would we ever have been connected if the podcast guy just called you and was like, hey, let's get you on the line. Sometimes it takes that extra bit of relationship, right? It takes that extra bit to grab that opportunity. And this also kind of ties in you know, with what you've done and with Equifruit and the only banana you should buy. Uh, but before we really get started talking a little bit about this relationship, give us a 30,000 foot overview. I am the American sitting in Tampa, Florida. I've never heard of a long goes before. I'm a Publix guy. That's right down the street. So give our listeners a little bit of an overview of who Longos is. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, Longos, as, uh, as Kim said, medium-sized retailer, out of uh, Ontario, Canada, more so in the greater Toronto area. We operate uh, 36 brick and mortar stores, combination of medium-sized stores, anywhere between 30 to 50,000 square feet. Uh, we have urban market stores under the name, The Market by Longos, right in the downtown Toronto core, anywhere between three to 10,000 square feet, focusing on that, um, that market down there. And we also operate formerly known as Grocery Gateway. Now we just consolidated everything under longos.com, delivered by Grocery Gateway. So online and delivery, uh, grocery retailer, full full assortment. Um, so we're doing that as well. So very fresh focused, backbone of the business itself. Started 65 years ago this year. Uh, our founders, you know, coming over from, from Italy had a passion for farming and for, for produce. So they, they started a fruit stand right in Toronto. And uh, they were actually, uh, it's funny, it goes full circle. They were actually delivering door to door on bicycles. And now awesome. we're uh, now we're one of the largest online grocery retailers in, uh, in the country. So that's fantastic. That is crazy to hear. So we go from bicycles to, you know, car deliveries. And it's crazy, you know, Mimo, when I was um, interviewing Stephanie Katzman from Katzman Produce, you know, her, her uh, family's company, like fourth generation in, and they were like, oh yeah, we used to deliver uh, produce on horse and buggy. And I was like, what? And I was like, you know, but it's like, it goes back. I mean, there's so many roots uh, that are in this produce industry. Heck, um, you talk about Italians. It's like the company that my father was involved in in California. Um, they were from Sicily. They came over and they came over to New York first, then migrated out to California and became citrus growers. All of a sudden, that 2,000 acres of citrus land. So, love the story. I mean, like I said, horse and buggy, bicycles. I mean, I mean, heck, we were delivering mail on bicycles, throwing, you know, throwing the paper. Remember the paper boy? So, I think that's really cool. And I think that that probably speaks to how you guys are innovative too. Um, just listening to 36 store, it's a it's a mid-sized retailer. So now let's get into this though, Kim, because we talk about 
the Equifruit brand. There is such a powerful force behind the Equifruit brand, everyone. Hex, sharks can't resist it. They're winning 100-meter dashes. This banana mm-hmm. is everywhere. Heck, it's one of the only bananas to go to the moon. And I believe it might have been on the SpaceX, not the normal NASA, Kim, right? But right. let's get into this power of marketing. That's what we're going to call it today because we have seen what you've done with the brand. And now let's talk about how we've communicated this and brought this into the retail sector. So uh, just uh, to give your listeners a bit of overview, the Equifruit Fair Trade Organic Banana Program started at Longo's about four or five years ago. Uh, they tested it out in eight stores in the downtown core and slowly rolled it out as new stores were opening. They went through a big growth phase and added about seven or eight stores in the next two, three years. And it was clear at the beginning of 2020 that it was time to roll the organic fair trade program out storewide and onto what was Grocery Gateway at the time, which is now all under longos.com. And um, yeah, at that point, we saw that their, their guests were ready for the product. They were ready to pay a little bit more for a banana that was ethically sourced. So instead of, you know, for those who are curious, instead of 99 cents a pound for organic bananas, it was $1.29 for the Equifruit brand. But we really supported that with clear messaging at the point of sale. We had a secondary point of sale in the store. We told the story on their flyer and their magazine through social media. And uh, so, yeah, we did that full launch actually six weeks before the pandemic hit. And we saw the data pre-pandemic that people were going nuts for the program and then COVID happened and everybody, well, many people who worked in produce, you know, sales naturally went up and uh, we did this full rebrand and the rebrand looked good to Mimo. I think he was interested. He saw the opportunity to innovate yeah. and we talked about doing a conventional fair trade banana program for years, but it was time. I'm sure he'll, he'll go into that in a minute, but basically we supported them heavily on the marketing side and it was clear that his guests were paying attention to the messaging. Despite the price increase, we learned about the uh, elasticity on pricing on bananas. And I think that the clear, the clear message that came through was that when you market your brand properly and your customer understands that you are paying farmers fairly and that's why you have this 100% fair trade commitment, that they're going to be loyal, not just to Equifruit as a brand, but even more loyal to Longos as their preferred retailer. You know, we just had our, one of our demo staff was there on the Labor Day weekend and a ton of the people that he spoke to and just highlighted this commitment with the program, uh, they said, you know, this is awesome. It's it's about time that retailers started to rethink their banana strategy. So yeah, I'll, we'll go into more detail, but that just kind of gives you a bit of an overview from the marketing side. No, I think it's a great overview. I mean, I think that gives the, the listeners a 30,000, you know, foot above view. And then they can, I always say, you know, we got to give them a little execution after the fact, have them get on that Google type in, you know, Equifruit or Longos and, and see that. I mean, heck I did. Uh, Mimo, when I was uh, having the first conversation, the first thing I did was jump on the Longo's website and I wanted to see the prices. I wanted to see the difference. And it's like, I I wasn't sticker shocked because like I always tell Kim, banana prices don't bother me. It's crazy, right? I mean, banana prices in themselves does not bother me. And so by taking that jump and moving it up, I think that you're, you're being a market leader in that way. Because in my sense, like I said, I told you this story and I'd love to tell it again, which is like the honeydew versus the bananas. Uh, Once a honeydew gets like over five, six bucks, uh, it's like opportunity cost, right? I'm like, uh, like, I'm not going to pay this much for a honeydew. 
um, because you get one, right? Yeah, you can slice it up, but bananas, it's a lot different, right? You can get five to six on a bunch, but then you're still paying $1.24 or $1.42. Heck, I'll grab three bunches of bananas over one honeydew, right? It, it's, it's the opportunity that, you, that you're grabbing there. So I think that's interesting, but I definitely think, Mimo, and please, I want to hear a little bit from you about this marketing and about the sticker shock approach, but um, I, I think this is, it's a bold move and I think it's a good move. Yeah, bold. You, you, said, it, uh, you said it right. Uh, it, was, it was perfect timing as, uh, you know, as our partners, Equifruit, were changing their brand. You know, they went like extremely bold. And when we looked at our, the move that we were going to make, it was also extremely bold. So they really lined up perfectly. To your other point about price, we, we, we wanted to take price out of the equation. So in order for us to do that, we had to scream out the story. We changed over all our stores to the Equifruit new branding. Literally, you know, it, it happens that our, that our banana displays in the center of the department. It's anywhere between eight to 12 feet long. And it was like the center of the universe. We were screaming it out. We have banners, we have QR codes, we have, it, it was tough for us to communicate that to our guests during COVID, during the pandemic. We knew our guests were going to shy away from stopping and listening to someone if we had a demo. So we had to create the right content. So when they were at the shelf, they can get all the information they need. And what we communicated was, you know, safe working conditions, extra money for, for the growers, fair wages. And it was so important that we communicated that because at the same time, we launched our first sustainability report as an organization. And our three key pillars that we go by are environmental stewardship, responsible sourcing, and happy, healthy people. So there was an exact lineup of all three pillars for, from both organizations. So we were really doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, in the end, it took, it took price out of the equation. Uh, the value to our guests was there across the board. Makes sense. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And, and Kim, it's so crazy because as a grower, packer, shipper, marketer, right, in the produce industry, that's all we want to do for our, for our customer, right? I mean, that's like the reciprocation that we're looking for when we go in and pitch someone. We're like, we're not just looking to supply you fruit. You got to go beyond the fruit, right? You got to go beyond the transaction. You got to, like I said, emotionally touch that customer that technically, Kim, isn't even ours, right? It's a, it's a guest. It's a customer of the retailers or that marketplaces. And, you know, traditionally in the past, um, bananas have just been sold as a commodity. And what Equifruit's doing really differently is we're building a brand, a brand that's had a 100% fair trade certification since day one, which was back in 2006. And when I say fair trade, fair trade one word. So in the States, you would look up Fair Trade America's website or in Canada, Fair Trade Canada, which is part of the Fair Trade International System. You know, one of the things that I would add too is that with our bold new rebranding, we really target our message towards millennials and Gen Zs. And I think that that was something appealing to Mimo as well, because, you know, they have, they, they have, they were interested in building up guests in that consumer range. You know, they have maybe a, well, Mimo can maybe confirm, but anyways, who doesn't want Gen Zs and millennials shopping in their stores? That's the consumer of today and tomorrow. And I think that the data is really clear that that consumer is shopping really differently than their parents and grandparents used to. Whereas, you know, price might've been the most important to our parents and grandparents. We're, we're really looking at, um, at innovation differently. And we're thinking about it through the lens of 
Was my farmer treated well? Where does this food come from? Do I have traceability or is there transparency? What is this brand all about? What's their track record? And so I think that what's neat about building a brand with this 100% fair trade promise, really targeting younger audiences is we're, we're inviting them to be loyal to us for their whole banana purchasing journey and we want their kids to get excited about it. So if you go into a Longos and you buy, for example, an organic Equifruit bunch, um, we have this cool band on the bananas and it has one of three messages, these impossible statements. So the bananas that I bought at Longos last night, they say the only banana to binge watch. And then there's this little Equifruit jagged banana and the little message next to it says something along the lines of like, we can spend, we can watch binge watch eight episodes in one go, but eight minutes dedicated to the paying banana farmers fairly, you know, sounds too long. We'll make it just quick. This is the only banana you should buy. Mm -hmm. So we're getting younger people educated and we're coming at the fair trade thing with less of a granola approach and more of like a bold, innovative, in your face, really hyper confident approach. And it's really it seems to be resonating, especially with Longo's guests really well. And just so you know, and I learned this, everyone, uh, each grocery store has a way of identifying us as consumers. Um, I have seen it. They've been called loyalists, right? They've just called, been called consumers. They've been called customers. Um, they've been called fans. Um, so in Longo's approach, Mimo, we call them guests, I hear. Is that right? Yes, it is. Um... You know, we, we operate, whether it's internally uh, at our support center or at the stores, we operate as a family. Everything we do has family-based values around it. So really, our customers, well, our guests, are coming into our house and we are servicing them as family. You know, we, have, like mul it. we have multiple taglines that, that really tell the story. You know, our delivery is from our family to yours. Or it's, if you wouldn't serve it to your family, don't serve it to the guests. So we have that mindset across the entire supply chain. And it, it, um, it really helps with the culture and really helps servicing our guests. Nah, that's it is amazing. And I, I think that's what all of us are trying to figure out. We all, there's always rewards programs out there. There's always these things that we expect to see back from our, um, I mean, geez, not the customer, our retail marketplace, right? Our, our American Airlines, our Deltas, we're like, where's our rewards? As you know, it's funny though, because I haven't heard it as the guest line, which is like, no, we're family. You're, you're not a customer. You're not a fan. You're not a loyalist. You know, you, you know you're, you're a guest in our house. You're like family to us, right? Um, and I always got to throw this out. It's like, as an entrepreneur, they always say the three Fs in business, you know, as an entrepreneur, do you know who those are? Well, they're, they're friends, families, and fools. Those are the first three you go after for, for money when you start it, when you start your own business as a, as of an entrepreneur, uh, right? Friends, families, and fools. But yeah. uh, normally friends, families, and fools are the first ones to tell you the truth too, right? They're going to tell you what's up. They're going to, those guests are probably going to tear into, if they didn't like that Equifruit fair trade banana, they would probably tell you, right? Because they, oh, yeah. they're, like, they're like family, right? So I think that's very cool that you, that you identify them as guests. Like, hey, come on in. Let us service you. Let us be your steward inside of our store. I think that calls to calls to Nate. Like, it's a call to action. I love it. Yeah, for sure. You know, just to jump in there, Patrick. So to add to the story, right, this story between Equifruit and Longos, um, at the beginning of this year, Mimo decided that he wanted to trial the conventional fair trade 
banana program through Equifruit in six of their stores. So we did that between January and April, and then it was successful. They they didn't, you know, they have a they have that Longos hotline where they're ready to listen to guests' suggestions and maybe some constructive criticism. And we knew based on the way that they described their guests is that if there was going to be an issue on price with this banana program, because they took those conventional from 69 cents to 99 cents, we were going to hear about it. So like, I don't bite my nails, but if I was a nail biter, I would have had zero nails between January and April because we were just waiting for those complaints to come in. It was so stressful. Um, and every week I would check in and I was trying to like, just leave them alone and see what would happen. And, you know, it's the pandemic. We can't go to, I couldn't visit. I live in Montreal, they're in Toronto. Uh, anyways, they didn't get the complaints. They didn't get the complaints. Instead, we started to get messages from some of their guests through social media that were like, I saw your display in the store. I saw this in the flyer. I saw this press release. Like there was, we hit so many points on the marketing and merchandising side and people were like, this is amazing. Like Longos is the only grocery chain, the only conventional grocery chain in all of North America right now with a 100% fair trade banana program. It's wow. a huge risk for them to say, you know what? We're going to take our top, one of our top uh, selling items in the entire grocery store, the top performer in the entire produce section. As Mimo said, it's like front and center, these enormous displays. And we're going to raise the price because we want to do it for the right reasons. And like, yeah, super, super scary, really, really bold move. But the results speak for themselves, right? Because we're on the produce industry podcast talking about how awesome it is. Yeah, and you're right. You're, you're 100% right. And that's why we're here talking about it today. Because again, there was a shock. And, and I, I talk about this a lot in other podcasts is like, uh, people talk about like, oh, service in the Walmarts and the Costco's and oh, 200 stores. And I always laugh because I'm like, listen, listen, just just hear me out, everyone. If you could service a 34, a 40 store operations, right? That, that sets you up for a lot of success because there's a lot of obstacles and challenges, right? A very bold move what you're doing because you're right. If a Costco or a Walmart was to do this and it didn't work for them, they're millions and millions of dollars invested into a program that would take them years to recover. And I always say this with a more unique boutique grocery store, it's so fascinating to see how they can literally flip a coin and say, listen, we're going to innovate in this way. We're going to take a risk and really flip it back to the produce industry as we're going to pay farmers fairly. And in turn, that's going to increase the price to the actual consumer, not just saying, hey, everyone, we have labor shortages, prices are going to go up. Hey, everyone, we've got a problem with freight, prices are going to go up. Hey, everyone, wait a minute, come on, this kind of sounds like the, uh, the the wheels are turning as in like, come on, we've heard this before. It's a broken record, right, Kim? It's mm -hmm. like, no, it's something different. I think that speaks to the opportunity to innovate, right? Mm -hmm. You talked about how you did this during the pandemic, right? You talked about um, that this, that's when you rebranded, but ready when new product lines come out, there's demos that are supposed to happen. There's press releases. There's all these crazy things about trying new food. So let's talk about just for a quick moment about that opportunity to innovate inside the Longo stores and what you two did together um, to really bring that. And I know, again, we talked about the Gen Z's, we talked about the millennials, but let's get some key takeaways about this opportunity to innovate. To your point, Patrick, uh, right in the middle of the pandemic, very hard to launch, um, you know, this 
big, bold move. We couldn't really speak to our guests face to face. They were hesitant, you know, in and out of supermarkets, in and out of our stores. So uh, we came up with this. Uh, he had, again, another bold idea where we had uh, audio spotlights right in front of our, actually on top of our banana displays. So the guest, what the experience was, was the guest would walk up to the display and would hear somebody speak to them from above. So instead of having a, a, a live person talking to them, there was a message, the message that we wanted to communicate, communicate to our guests, all about fair trade, all about our, our shift to 100% fair trade. And they were able to, to stand there and soak this all in without being hesitant of speaking to someone. So I think that was the first, the first step in innovation, really live at, at, uh, at store level. And uh, I've been around for a bit and I haven't seen that anywhere in North America, I, I'd say. Um, so it was a big shift and uh, it worked for a while. And then slowly, slowly as things eased off, we took that away. Yeah, we, it was a um, great initiative. And just to speak about bold and innovation, we release a biweekly circular or flyer to all our guests or, or our market, call it. It's roughly five, 600,000 copies. And we chose to put the front page instead of your down and dirty you know, 59 cent broccoli, 2.99 cola. The front page was fair trade bananas and our message to our guests. So really breaking those boundaries was, it was key. That is another bold move. I mean, that it is. I mean, I, I talk about when Dixie's uh, back page, they call it fresh deals memo. And I always say they, they do a good job with that because they make the whole back page. You know, you did the front page with one specific commodity um, but it does speak to that because you you get to a point where, again, I already know if I go grab, you know, Publix versus, you know, I'm talking the uh, the grocery stores where I live, but it's, I know for a fact, Nemo, that I could go to Winn-Dixie's back page and see all of these fresh deals that are happening. And it's not just the cheap ones. It's just that they have a whole back page dedicated to all produce items. And I talk about that in my Friday podcast all the time because no other uh, grocery store that I've seen in the South, right, are giving full pages dedicated to their entire ads of fresh deals, buy this, buy this, BOGOs, all these different things. It's always, like I said, it's, oh, at the bottom of the front page, right? There's a couple clippings across the bottom or, you know, flip three pages in and the meat's here and then they pair the meat with the asparagus, right? They're, or the potatoes or things like that. Um, so again, a very bold move. I think, uh, uh, well, hey, let me ask you a question. Did the Equifer team have something to do with that? Was that part of a collaboration together to make that possible too? Yeah, the, the whole journey has been, a, has been a great collaboration. We collaborate on everything. We've built this this super super strong relationship over the past four or five years we're in touch we're in touch a couple times a week and it's been going on for like forever uh the good thing is it doesn't feel like forever so i love it, it, it's, it's like it's forever it's <laughs> bananas are forever everyone it's, there we go uh, we got to get our matching tattoos on like the other ring finger maybe. Oh, yeah <laughs> it's uh it's always Let's it's always go. fresh and 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 we spoke about relationships in the beginning and it and it's super important if you don't have both both sides working together it'd be very tough to innovate and to push boundaries and to continue to to build on this uh on this on this industry so yeah, yeah Mimo, Mimo's 100%. been so he's been so receptive like we come to him with ideas like we have all this crazy pos like 
crazy where you have this giant eight foot banner that says in huge bold letters, the only banana you should buy. Like that's pretty crazy to put that in your banana section. And then we have these signs that go above the display that say either, you know, the orange is asking why fair trade? And then our banana says farmers got to get paid. Or there's another sign that says, I like long walks on the beach and paying farmers fairly. So kind of this <laughs> fun, fun, playful messaging so that when you get to that point of sale, like unless, you're, unless your eyes are closed, you're not going to miss it. It's right in your face. We have our brand, yeah. equif brand Equifruit colors. They're super bold. We, we all, my, my team is in Toronto right now. We, we loaded up the minivan full of ladies yesterday and drove here and drove straight to Alongos. And like, as soon as you walk in the store, half of our team had never been to Alongos before. And like, you don't have to tell them where the Equifruit banana section is. There's this huge, huge poster it's, it's going the up sign, the wall. Yeah. yeah and, and then there's this huge sign too that says we treat farmers like, you know, like Longos, we treat farmers like family because, you know, and then there's three, those three pillars that he hits on. And, you know, I saw a guy there. So we're all like trying to load up the two huge grocery carts full of beautiful food for our stay here. And I see this guy for like 10 minutes. He's parked right in front of the bananas. He's looking at one bunch. He's looking and reading the messaging. And then he was on his phone for like 10 minutes. And I like to imagine that he went onto our website and hit up all of our socials and he's following us on Instagram or maybe he's on the new Longos website. I don't know. But I was like, I just love that this guy seemed like a Gen Z, maybe 29 years old, was kind of just, he seemed intrigued with what was happening there. So anyways, that you just see it at work there. And what Mimo is really good about, what I keep learning about with Mimo is just like spreading out all of these activations. So, you know, I can be kind of trigger happy sometimes. I have a lot of energy, but Mimo's like, okay, you gotta chill. We're gonna do this this week. Then two weeks later, we're gonna hit this audience with this message. And two weeks after that, we're gonna hit them with this message. And what that's taught me is like, yeah, not everybody is gonna get the message on the same day. There's this awesome front page flyer ad that talks about it, but maybe of the five to 600,000 copies they put out there, maybe it didn't hit all those key targets. So you have, you have to hit them again and again and again and again and again. And so, um, you know, we're, we're in this marketing collaboration with them, but they've just been incredibly amazing to work with because they're pushing that message out so hard. Like, let's talk about Anthony Longo's radio ad. So they have the president of the company do this radio ad, like this top spot on all the top radio stations in Toronto, which ran for a month. And it's like, it's like music to my ears, right? You have the president of the company talking about how they've made this switch to 100% fair trade bananas through their partnership with Equifruit. And they're the only, they're the only conventional retailer in North America to have made this switch because they're doing it for the right things. And we're treating farmers like family. And we had people from all over writing us messages. Like I was just in my car and I heard this ad and like Nemo sending messages and his team sending messages. And just the fact that they have the president of their company, who's also a busy guy getting involved to promote this. And like the president of their company likes our posts on socials all the time. Like they're so involved with their vendors on a, on a close level that it makes me want to go above and beyond. and really promote the program at every chance that I get. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a partnership. That's relationship, everyone. Right. So if you're, if you're a consumer out there, uh, these are the things that it takes to get bananas to your shelf. And we are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from some of our sponsors. And when we get back, 
We're going to talk about that only fair trade. And then we're also going to talk about that grower supply, everyone. Where do your bananas come from when you walk into a Longo's and pick up that fair trade, organic or conventional banana? What does it take to get to a grocery store, everyone? So let's take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors and be right back. Welcome to Equifruit, an importer and marketer of fresh bananas. Equifruit is committed to 100% fair trade, which means no crummy wages, super safe working conditions, and nothing but love for the ladies. Driving innovation through impossible to ignore merchandising, Equifruit is the only banana you should buy. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. AgTools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit www.ag.tools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from our sponsors here on the podcast with dynamite content from dynamite people. And speaking of dynamite content and dynamite people, we have Equifruit on the line today. The only banana that you should buy, folks. That's right. We're talking all things fair trade, opportunity to innovate, the power of marketing. And hey, everybody, Growers got to get paid fairly. Let's be real. So, uh, Kim, Mima, welcome back. Uh, great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Our listeners have gotten a deep dive, a pile of information, a data download of Longos and Equifruit and their fair trade bananas. Uh, but, Mimo, quick question. So, as we look at our guests that you're inviting into your store, uh, we got to give them a key takeaway or for the ones that maybe have an issue with purchasing bananas, what is a key takeaway that we can give a banana shopper and listener today? I'm going to have to go with most consumers are buying bananas based on color versus based on price. We, um, when we launched our organic fair trade banana program across the network, we actually increased our retail by 30%. Having the right color in the store, we actually saw an increase in tonnage of above 20. So it was very clear to us that putting the right product in the store, in this case, bananas at the right color and having fair trade, doing it for the right reasons, there was zero issue with, uh, with tonnage dropping. I like it. No, I like it. So again, if you're a banana shopper out there, look for color, not price. It's okay to pay just a little bit more to support those farmers and the fair trade initiative. So let's get back into this. And so now that we're really on this fair trade uh, you know, bandwagon, Kim, as I say, because I before I wasn't, I'll be real. You, you know how many times I walk into a grocery store, Kim and even Mimo, and I'm like, hey, are your bananas fair trade? They're like, you betcha. And I'm like, oh, they are. <laughs> like, I, like, like, I go into like investigative, like discovery mode at that point. I'm like, all right, how am I going to make this person prove this? Like, you know what I mean? Kim? I'm like, what do I got to do to do that? But 
you know, if you watch some of my videos on YouTube, I am, I go to that sticker now because I'm trying to figure oh, yeah. out, is there going to be a fair trade logo on it? Like the rainforest Alliance, you know? So like, again, let's talk about this certification. How do I know? How does a consumer know I'm walking into the store? I feel like I'm cool. I'm going to buy my fair trade bananas as a millennial. Cause I am. And I'm sitting here going, do I just listen to what the clerk has to say? Do I listen to the produce manager? This is, I want to learn more about this. Yeah, it's a good question. And there's so much confusion around this because there's so many certifications. And uh, the best way for a consumer to know whether a banana or any other product that they're looking for is fair trade is to look for the certification. In this case, we're certified with Fair Trade International. So Fair Trade America in the States and Fair Trade Canada. That's a little green and blue logo, little guy. Um, that for us to carry that certification and for our growers in Peru and Ecuador to be certified, we have a number of rigorous standards that we have to respect. On our end, Equifru, it's more around purchasing standards, around respecting minimum floor prices, FOB, that reflect the cost of sustainable production. These are fixed prices that are set for one year long contracts that we have to respect rain or shine, global pandemic or not, rise in shipping, we're locked in. It's a long-term relationship in the same way that we're in a long-term relationship with Longos, we're in a long-term relationship with our growers. So uh, we choose the fair trade certification for our bananas because after doing a ton of research and comparing a bunch of labels, we see that as the ultimate standards to, to respect. It's the best deal for the farmers. And if we're gonna do it for the farmers, we might as well do it right. The fair trade mark is globally the most recognized and most trusted label as well. You know, you go into the European market, 30% of bananas are fair trade certified, 50% in, in Switzerland. In Canada, we're less than 1%. And same thing in the US. I was going to say in US, it's probably less than 1% as well. For huh? sure. It's less than 1%. And 4% of bananas globally are, are fair trade certified. So there's a ton of opportunity for us to pick those numbers up. So when a retailer like Longos gets on board, you know, it has a major impact on those numbers. Um, Rainforest, just so you know, is not a fair trade label. So, you know, just seeing that around, we start to associate certain labels with good things, but it's important for it's important for consumers to do their research. For example, like the key thing for me when it comes to fair trade one word certification is that it's the only certifying body that is 50% owned by the growers themselves. So they have a seat at the board level at Fair Trade International to set all of those standards, especially around price. You know, they have they know the costs of producing the banana. So they are going to be able to tell you what, what those costs are and how that should vary by commodity and country, whether it's organic or conventionally grown. So whereas I've looked into other certifications where, you know, like I can get some type of sustainability certification for Equifruit if I wanted to, where I basically set the benchmarks and then I pay a certifying body to make sure that I hit those benchmarks and I have full control over when I hit those benchmarks. And I don't know, as a consumer, I, I like the idea of it being strict and really clear. And if we don't play by those rules, if our farmers don't respect all of the standards around gender equity, no forced child labor, et cetera, et cetera, they get decertified. If we don't respect those minimum floor prices and pay one US dollar in addition to that for special community projects, we get decertified. So it's really strict and rigorous. And I think that that's what consumers are looking for today. They're not just looking for marketing claims, right? 
they're really looking for brands that they can trust. And trust is a really important component of the buying the decision-making process for today's consumer. I 100% agree. I think that it's not just about like, oh, I've got the fair trade label. Oh, I've got this. You know, it, everybody's trying to come up with something. I remember a buddy of mine, you know, he ran a kind of like an organization or an association. And he's like, I've got an idea. And I'm like, well, he's like, we'll make our own logo. And if you're a part of ours, we'll put a stamp on the box. And, and that way, you know, you know, you're part of our you know, organization. And it's like, and then we'll make sure we make a quarter a box on every single way. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. there's so many of those out there. There really is. There's a lot of those certifications, they call them, right? That yeah. they're not really certifications. So uh, no, that's great. That's great information though. And it gives those consumers an eye, right? To look at and say, okay, well, let's see what this is. And I, I know I, I wanted to bring this up just a little bit. And I know you told me we're, we're, we're kind of touching on the lines of this. Um, but I also that like that PLU we talked about. And I know you were like, oh, don't mess with the PLU too much. But it's interesting that even on the PLU, it's a, it's a little bit different than what you would see a conventional, correct? Right. Yeah. Well, when I first, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm with my seventh year with Equifruit. And when I first started going out um, selling these bananas, buyers were like, why would I buy, why would I spend more on your organic fair trade banana with the same PLU as, you know, a multinational organic banana? There's no differentiation at the point of, at the point of sale. So uh, it was under the advisement of CPMA, the Canadian Produce Marketing Association, that we change our PLU and we went with a 94237 for organic and a 4237 for conventional which was a retailer assigned PLU, but it allowed me at least to come to a retailer and say, look, you don't have to make a full switch to Equifruit Organic Fair Trade. I think you should, but if you want to kind of ease into this, then you can at least at the cash have your organic program and test it along the Fair Trade Organic. We actually tried that with a retailer in Toronto here, a small chain that has, you know, three, four stores. And within two weeks, they were like, oh, yeah, we're, your, your bananas are outselling our regular organic. And they made the full switch, you know, which is a dream, dream. dream I was going to say that's a dream come true, right? To bring <laughs> yeah. your product in. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, you're doing awesome. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who, what we who thought would this? happen. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, it is. It's sometimes, you, you, you know, as the grower, you know, I'm part of a grower packer community in Citrus in California. And it's so interesting, Kim, because we were on the phone the other day with a couple citrus guys and we're talking price and we're talking all this. And Mimo, you can you can respect this, too, is, you know, they're trying to beat us down on the price. Right. Sure, they're beating sure. us down. And I'm like, my Kim, you're gonna love it. Right. My first comment is like, guys, don't don't you think we should get paid fairly? Dude, <laughs> yeah. it halted the entire conversation. They sure. were like, well, of course we do. And then we're like well, you're beating us up so much for this. Like, you know what I mean? It's like growers yeah. got to get paid fairly, right? And for sure. It's it's one of those things though, but citrus is such a commodity, right? It's, you could get, there's what, 40 so packing houses of California citrus. I mean, there's probably over a hundred labels of California citrus. Like there's so much. And it's like the differentiation fact, you know, compared to, you know, a, a fair trade banana, right? Or how you market is definitely one of those things that, you know, to look at, but it is, it's one of those, like I said, I was able to call that out the other day. You should see it because it is like a staple, you know, item there, Kim. It's like, mm -hmm. well, do you want growers to get paid fairly? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yes. For sure. Part of my sales pitch is like, I have the most expensive banana you've ever seen. 
<laughs> this is yeah. not a conversation about price. This is not like, no, ask it, Nemo, it, right? like a, it was never, it wasn't about price. It was like, Nemo understood, I think, from the first time that we met that we're trying to change the banana industry. We're trying to dis we use the words disrupt. We're disrupting the banana yes. industry. We're doing things different. We're trying to eliminate bad banana business practices with our fair trade commitment. Like mm-hmm. we didn't get into the banana game because there was a shortage of bananas and they we needed another supplier on bananas. Like the big guys in the world, they've got bananas covered. If anything, we're slowly taking their market share because there is this growing interest in ethically sourced, in responsibly sourced, in clean supply chains. And that that 100% commitment is really appealing to consumers. And the certification that we chose, in my opinion, it's the best. You know, you'll see it on, here's a plug for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. You know, Ben & Jerry's is a cool brand. They do things right. And they've had this 100% fair trade commitment too, which means that all of the ingredients in their ice cream that can be sourced fair trade, sugar, chocolate, coffee, bananas, same farm actually in Ecuador, it's all fair trade certified. And then the That's rest cool. of the dairy comes from happy cows in Vermont. That's really cool though. I mean, it, it really is. So let's talk about this because you, you mentioned the supply. So now Mimo, your Longos is the only conventional retailer in North America to have a hundred percent fair trade banana program. So one kudos to Longos because again, bold move, great statement to yeah. the industry um, to make that move. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but let's talk about this grower supply. Um, Mimo, I mean, you look at fair trade, you look at paying growers fairly. We're in North America. And then now it's like, we look at the supply, it's coming from Ecuador and Peru and a lot of people, a lot of consumers do not know where their food comes from. So when you're in the, the when you're in the store, right? Um, when you're doing a lot of this POS, when you've got all the signage, when, you, when you're sending out magazines or even audio spotlights, you know, um, talk to me a little bit about, do you educate the customer or the guest on, you know, where that supply comes from, where that farmer comes from? Because obviously you're saying growers got to get paid fairly. How does that kind of tie into the whole mix as well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the good thing about the fair trade certification, if we can just take it back there for a second, there's full transparency, full visibility of where the social premiums are going back. So this year, Longos will be giving back over a quarter million dollars back to the community's and families that grew our uh, our bananas. And we need to tell that story. It needs to extend further than just point of sale material that, say, that says farmers got to get paid. We're actually working with uh, Fair Trade Canada currently, where they're sending a, um, a film crew to Ecuador to, to, to capture these families that are, you know, growing, packing, and shipping our bananas all the way up the East Coast and then all the way into, into Ontario. So, it's really making that making that connection. Like they're literally going to go into the into the families' homes and tell this story again. Very very important that that there is that real connection between growers and uh, us as a partner, and then our guests, and really closing that loop. Yeah. It's giving back a little bit of sustainable farming. You know, I used to work with a, a company. They were more of a broker, but, but they did a lot of uh, sustainable growing methods where they would buy from farmers. Um, but then what they might do is they might send, you know, workers out to help replant the crop, right? Send them labor, other things like that. So kind of more of a full circle 
uh, approach to farming out of the country. Um, now, Kim, uh, this kind of gets tailored over to you. As we look at bananas, you know, I'm, I always say the ignorant consumer, right? Because we really don't know all the time. And even, you know, even to my point, I've been in the produce industry a lot, a long time, and I can talk about where citrus comes from, but I'm learning these years, bananas, right? I'm learning onions. I'm learning uh, peppers, right? I'm learning broccoli and learning all these different things of like how they're grown, where their crops come from. Uh, so talk about some of that. So right now the grower supply looks like um, Ecuador and Peru, uh, but you know, where else is bananas being sourced from? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump right in there, but I, just in case any of your listeners are confused. So Mimo just said a quarter million dollars. So I just want to make sure that we're clear on under fair trade certification for bananas. We also pay one us dollar per 40 pound case, which then gets reinvested in projects that have positive economic, social, and environmental impact. So composting projects, they highlighted, Longo's highlighted in their sustainability report, uh, physiotherapists that work with local people who have disabilities in the community. So part of that $1 per case is paying the physiotherapy bills to out, um, to, to do that work. Um, so anyways, just, just to unpack that. So that just allows for a retailer to then also report on impact. And so the fruit that you find in uh, Longos is primarily coming out of Ecuador. We've just chosen, you know, one country of origin for them. But uh, Equifruit has been working with a cooperative of small producers in Peru called Apipibosa. Um, and we also work with a cooperative of small producers in Ecuador called El Guabo or Aso Guabo. And we're, we're, you know, getting ready to scale. If we're talking about global fair trade banana domination, we're going to need a lot of bananas. So actually in the last three, four weeks, Mimo's probably seen, well, I'm going to check on Mexican bananas tomorrow morning, but we just brought in some product from Nicaragua, from Dominican Republic, from Colombia. We literally get messages from growers around the world every week who have heard about this small Canadian company that is doing business differently, that wants to pay more to farmers under fair trade certification. And so you can imagine they're lining up to work with us and they know that we mean business. We're focused on growth and that we're interested in long-term relationships. And that the most important thing for us, aside from that fair trade certification, is quality because we can have the most lovely wonderful story in the world but if there if there are quality issues we're not going to move the product i was told by a farmer back in the days a citrus farmer and when i first started one of my businesses he said to me he goes you're doing a great job and i said oh you know thank you and he goes you really want to be a disruptor and i said yes <laughs> you know and he was like listen post prices to the growers tell people what you're paying growers he goes and that will flip the supply chain because once people realize what growers are getting paid, it's going to perk their ears up and understand. And if a grower is not getting paid fairly or if they're getting paid too much, and you know, just speaking for personal experience in the citrus category, sometimes navels are not paid out at a great price, you know, in navel orange versus like some of those little mandarins that you see, right? I'm not going to name any of the brands. Ah, you know, I will. Cuties or halos. Um, you know, a couple of guys like that, they, you know, they're paying like $600 a bin, you know, when they first started picking these. Um, that they were paying the growers and growers were like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start, you know, producing and I'm going to start, you know, getting selling over here, boom, boom, boom. And then like naval prices went completely drastically down to where you can only get like $50 a bin. 
So it was one of those, you know, not like a catch 22, but it definitely shows that impact. And that grower was like, you show that price, you are going to be a disruptor. And then, like I said, you're going to get those good growers are like, Hey, I like these company. Who is the, who are these people? They seem like they're doing a good job versus, Hey, come into our co-op and we'll pay you everybody else is going to get paid. We'll give you the up, maybe the down. We're probably going to bill you back on a ton of rejections, but (laughs) at the end of the day, you got my brand and my name. It's like, Listen, this isn't 1990s anymore. We're not doing these weird deals anymore. I had, a, I had a, one of my sponsors, uh, Quentin Rowe from Noble Citrus, told me that. I was out in the field with him one time, Mimo. And he goes, what is this, 1990? He goes, what, you get a quarter a box for selling something? He goes, no one can live off a quarter a box anymore. But, you know, that, that's kind of the industry. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I think it's fascinating. And I think it's fascinating that you're able to get the price up in the retail segments, I think it's a, a very amazing move, right? It went from bold to amazing to talk about how you're marketing fair trade bananas, right? And I think it's going to be bigger than Equifruit, right? And I say that in the most proudest way, Kim, is that I think this movement is bigger than Equifruit. It's about mm-hmm. the industry. And when you said that, I, you know, I mean, I go back to Pinky and the Brain, and I got Kim and Jenny over here like, what are we going to do tonight, Kim? <laughs> and Kim's over here. Well, try to take over the world. You know, you know, one banana at a time. That is got to be one of your next, unless you probably already have that. You have I've that used that before. That. I've used that before. <laughs> you got to have a meme already of the banana. Hey, Brain, what are we doing tonight? And just yeah, like banana, yeah. I'm writing like, it down. Look, I'm getting my pen ready. Boom. Like that Pinky is it. And like, the brain. Trying to take over the world. That is we, we had a we had a tagline on a few on a few posts. Uh, you know, changing the world one fair trade banana at a time, right? Yeah. Pinky and brain are the poster tra- poster child. Of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. They'll be on our Instagram feed tomorrow. Today, today's wait. Oprah's turn. Today's Oprah's turn. We got to give her yeah. some give her some airtime. Please tell me everybody's looking under their seat and getting a banana. Everybody, everybody's winning <laughs> you a banana. You get a banana and you get a banana <laughs> and you get a banana. <laughs> I can't, I can't. This is just too much for me. I love it. Well, listen, it's been a joy having both of you on. Now, Mimo, if anybody out there listening wants to get a hold of the Longos Corporation or organization, you know, how can they go about doing that? Uh, just visit our website, longos.com. Awesome. I appreciate that. And Kim, got to give you a shout out to Equifruit. If anybody, any of our listeners wants to get a hold of the only banana that you should buy, how can they go about reaching out and uh, finding more about your business? Yeah, so jump onto our website, equifruit.com, E-Q-U-I fruit.com. And on all of our socials, we're at Equifruit. I want to get to 10,000 followers on Instagram by the end of the year. So definitely follow us on Instagram, on LinkedIn, Twitter, the uh, hashtag the only banana and hashtag farmers got to get paid. I love it. I love it, everybody. And I'm going to say it and it's coming from my co-host. Listen, everyone, it's always best when you get it fresh. So we'll see you in the field and on the horizon. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.